Dave, have you been watching anything this week? Me and Kenny have watched a couple of things that he's posted about. Oh, okay. We watched Hijack with the... Idris Elba. Oh, we mentioned that last week. Yeah, Apple TV show. What's really odd, though, it's seven episodes. Sure, I thought it was a film. No, it's a series. Oh, okay. But, but it's weird how it's seven. It's a bit random. It is a bit random. What's really good in that is Neil, Mas- uh, Neil Maskell. He was in, like, Kill List, the Ben Wheatley film. He's a British actor, and he's he's brilliant in it. Okay. Definitely worth watching, me and Kenny like that. I watched Elemental, the new Pixar one. Oh, okay. There's a link to one of our episodes, because uh, Wendy McClellan Covey... From Bridesmaids? From Bridesmaids, um, is one of the voices in it. And I'm up to season four on Cheers. Oh, wait, you're, you're yeah, motoring the, through the, that. The sad thing is, though, the last episode I watched, it's Woody turning up. And Sam has to tell him that coach has died. That's oh, the yeah. first time it's mentioned in the, yeah, the series. Yeah, because he, he passed away midway through the... Was it the third series or something? He's not in the last couple of the third yeah. series, yeah. So that was quite sad. Yeah, no, I, I remember that now. You watching anything? Um, randomly, Jackie's got me hooked on this really melodramatic series on Netflix called Virgin River. It's from all accounts, it's quite a famous um, novel series in America. I can't remember the, the lady who wrote them all. I think there's quite a few. Basically, this nurse practitioner leaves LA and goes moves up into this small town, California forest. Hmm. Is anyone in it that we know? No, not really. Right. There's hardly anyone. Like um, the main girl, I recognise she was in. Um, the one we like, I keep making you want to watch. I can't remember what it's called. Not This Life. This Is Us. This Is Us, yes, that's it. Um, she's got a brief part in that, but apart from that, but it's dead, like, just relaxed. And I'll be honest with you, I pretty much predict everything that ever happens in it as well. It's like, <laughs> this is going to be, you know, you know, you know, oh, like, already we found out. She had a stillborn baby. Both her parents died when she was a kid and she was responsible for the death of her husband. And we're only one series in. Do you know what I mean? This all happened before. <laughs> Don't need to watch it. And no, no, but it's the way it's... It's, it's sort of predictable, it's, yeah. it's a little bit melodramatic, but it's it's just nice. I mean, just sit there and you, like... And plus, Jackie can go on Instagram at the same time. <laughs> She's just like... I don't know how she does it. And I'm still still getting through Modern Family. What are you up to? But halfway um, or beyond now? You know, I'm still in the same thing. I haven't watched many... I haven't, I haven't actually watched much this week, if I'm honest. Have you been out? Did you go on the weekend? Done nothing, mate. Literally nothing. Married, aren't I? Too old for this shit. Welcome to Watch It If You Can. My name is Dave. My name is Liam. This podcast is all about box sets we've created of our favourite films and TV shows. Some you've seen, some you haven't, and others you may never want to watch. However, you can say if you've never seen Shrinking, boop. All we want to do is chat on about these films and TV shows we love so dearly, and maybe, just maybe, you should watch it if you can.
Liam. Dave. You alright? How are you? I'm excited for this one. Are you? Yeah. Obviously I know what it is. Yeah. I'm going to ask the question anyway. What is it? <laughs> well, it's the theme I picked this week is 80s blockbuster. And it's about as 80s blockbuster as you could get. It's Lethal Weapon. Yes. So can I just say, I put a little poll out on, it's not Twitter, it's X now, isn't it? It's Twitter, isn't it? It's still true. It's like Snickers and Marathon all over again, is it? <laughs> but a thing, little part, I would say which best, best Lethal Weapon film ever. And Lethal Weapon won, hands down. I had two votes in total. <laughs> one was me. <laughs> <laughs> the other so, one was probably Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> I had two votes in total. And both were for Lethal Weapon. So I've, I've got to let the people speak. Yeah, it's. I, I still, I agree with that. I think the first one is still by far. Yeah. One of the most like, so what is it? Movies in it. Lethal Weapon is a 1987 buddy cop film penned by the then 22 year old Shane Black, while directed by renowned 80s director Richard Donner. It went on to be a successful franchise, but the first movie generally centered around the blossoming relationship between Riggs and Murtar. So, this box set is all about themes. Yes, we've got themes like films you haven't seen, films yeah. I haven't seen, we've got animated coming up. This one, as you say, is all about 80s action. So why this one in particular? Of all the ones you could have chose. This is like so 80s, Dave. I could smell <laughs> the VHS head cleaner fluid <laughs> as I watched it. Like it just, this film transports me back to the 80s. Like you've got, even when the title credits came up, the look of the, 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 the logos and stuff, yeah. it was so 80s. What it's, did you watch it on? Not not DVD or nothing. Because I when I watched it on I dug out. Yeah, the DVD. you got you got the original. No, I I got downloaded. I would have had the VHS, but I, to be honest, I got rid of my VHS like tapes ages ago, and I haven't even got a recorder. So when you mentioned you were doing this, I was like, I've definitely got the DVD somewhere because mine are just my DVDs are just in a big box, and I've got all four DVD. But you, the, it's still quite grainy in it, the titles and stuff. Yeah, yeah, they are. It's gorgeous. Do you know what? I wasn't hundred percent sure, but. I'm sure I may have borrowed this off you when we were really young. I've got it. Probably. There's something, there's something in the back of my memory. I don't know if either you had a poster or a bin member being in your your bedroom in your mum and dad's house and something about, I might have borrowed it, a VHS copy once or something. There's no when you're just like something in the back of the yeah. memory. Like it's a, it's a while back now, shall we say. <laughs> when you... Thinking what an 80s blockbuster is, this hits all end boxes. Do you know what I mean? You've got cops, you've got baddies, you've got revenge. And it's almost like all the cliches of a buddy cop movie came from this film, this point onwards. I know there's, there was ones before and that, but I think if you think about now what a buddy cop movie is, all the cliches, it's Lethal Weapon. This is like, this is so the beginning of that, what we came to think as a buddy cop movie. No, it's, it's it's a great choice. So, who's in it that we know? What else have they been in? Right, so first of all, Riggs is played by Mel Gibson. What do we say about Mel Gibson? There's, like, there's, there's the side that he's got such a body of work. And we, we, we can't deny there's the slight off-screen issues that he had I think he which which we've come across with a few yeah. actors haven't we and yeah. you can't you can't totally ignore it there's a lot no of, no I'm not going there's you a know, lot of issues the, behind the, the yeah, scenes with Mel and, isn't he but on the screen oh my he's god your man, like, isn't he? like 
First of all, he, he got his big break in the Sullivans. Do you remember the IT, it used to be on ITV Australian? I used to watch that with my nan. And it used to be it was a family based in Second yeah. World War, First World War, or something. So he he was in that initially. Um, and then God, look at this, Mad Max, Gallipoli, which is a fantastic mm. film. Everyone needs to. Watch. And then where do you go after that? There's there's hundreds. I've picked out Maverick for obvious links with this one. I love Maverick, and we've mentioned it before. Braveheart is just such a great film it's one of the best and the one slightly left field one is Chicken Run yeah he's the voice in Chicken yes. Run isn't he yeah I love Chicken Run I've got a couple that he directed which I don't think you've seen you haven't seen Hacksaw Ridge have you with Andrew Garfield no I still haven't seen we, that we yet. mentioned that on a previous yeah. podcast Apocalypto have you seen that no that's an amazing film you know he's he's um He's a, such a good director, but as an actor, I picked out a couple of like, random ones you might have watched. Tequila Sunrise. Dude, did see that on the list. Yeah, yeah. Kate Russell, Michelle Pfeiffer from 88. One is a good one to watch with Robert Downey Jr., Air America. Oh, God, yeah. And they mention Air America in Lethal Weapon. This, the film, the Air America film comes out later, but there's, there's a conversation with him and Joshua and they mention about Air America. And I was sitting there thinking, is that intentional? I was like, oh, no, that, like, it's a later film. Maverick, you mentioned Payback. Payback, yeah. That's a proper That's cool 18 film. movie, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and another one, because again, I don't think you've seen it because it's slightly horrish science. No. <sighs> the M. Night Shyamalan one. With no, I haven't Phoenix. seen any. I haven't you really seen any. Absolutely anything. need to watch that. Do you, do you know anything I did, just because it links in with one of our previous episodes in Box Set 2, is I did know this when we did The Untouchables, but he turned down a role in The Untouchables to do Lethal Weapon. The Elliot Ness role? Or? I don't know what the role was, but it just said he turned down the role. I wonder if it was more the Andy Garcia. Uh, that's what maybe. I was thinking. I think that, and like, what a choice. He's absolutely perfect. Unless it was the Kevin Costner role. Don't know. Don't know. Then he's made the right choice, because I think, yeah, having the chance to be with But even then, yeah. I, I think he right, because right, yeah, Lethal true. Weapon just, yeah. just made his career, didn't mm. it? And then who else have we got in? The, obviously, we've got Murtar, played by Danny Glover. And I've got to be honest, there was not a lot of stuff. He's got, he's done quite a lot of films in the last 15, 20 years and I haven't really seen any of them. So picked out a little bit earlier of stuff. Um, the most recent is Ears and Dream Girls, which I do love. I have a bit of soft spot for Dream Girls. He's also in the Royal Tenabombs as well. Yeah. He's, I forgot he was in that. But I think if you're going to go back for something, Lonesome Dove, mm. the Western... Is Robert Duvall's in that as well, I think. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good... It's a, it's a mini-series as well, isn't it? Is it I think it is, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, that's, he's, he's fantastic. He's in um, The Colour Purple, is it, as well? That's, that's what I've got, yeah. It's funny when you said his name, though, I immediately smiled. Yeah. I don't know why, there's just something about him that's like so like lovable, isn't he? I've got Colour Purple, uh, Predator 2. Yes. Uh, from 1990. Another film... Which I thought was really good, and I haven't seen for a long time. But Switchback, which he did with Dennis Quaid in '97, that's seen worth that visiting. He was in an episode of My Name Is Earl, and he's brilliant in that. And the last Jumanji movie, he plays Danny DeVito's business partner, and they get sucked into the game. Ah, he's, no, he's, didn't know. Yeah, he's amazing that in that. We've also got Gary Busey. He's one of them like actors, you know his name, but. He's done a couple of... He did, like, I filmed I picked out was Point Break. Yeah. And Under Siege. But the rest of us, it's, it's very hit and miss. He's, but he's been around, hasn't he? Do you know what I mean? He's, well, he was nominated for an Oscar in 78. 
for the Buddy Holly story. That's kind of what made him. But you're right, when you look through, he's, all, he's never the main no. one, is he? Um, a little link to Danny Glover, he was in Predator 2. Yeah. Um, obviously, Point Break with Keanu Reeves, who was in The Matrix. Never seen her. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I loved him in The Firm with Tom Cruise. I forgot, yeah, he's in that. He's yes, in that. Yeah. But what, what I'd recommend you go and watch, he's in Impractical Jokers. Really? Oh my god! See, the, you love that, don't you? I've never really watched. I'm it. a huge Impractical Jokers fan. I just, I could just watch it for like ten hours a day, all day, and I've watched like episodes, multiple episodes, uh, multiple episodes, multiple times. Just go on YouTube and just watch some of the clips because he's totally off the rails. They obviously think it's a great idea to have him on, but you cannot control Gary Busey. But is he naturally a bit off the rails? He's nuts. Is yeah, he nuts, I think yeah. he's nuts. I think as well, isn't he, recent allegations and stuff, which we, we maybe won't go into because yeah. I generally don't know the details, but just watch the clips of him on that okay. show. No worries, I'll pick that up. Who else have we got? We've also got Mitchell Ryan. Who is in Gross Point Blank? If you that remember. was the link. I was that was that's the, before, that's the, the link to a yeah. previous podcast episode. And he was also in Liar Liar as well, which I think is a great film. Uh, who else have got? Have you got anything? Sorry. No, I just picked out them main four, but the, the Gross Point Blank link was the one that I was thinking. What? what how can we link the podcast? Because the other three don't really fall into anything. Um, we've also got Darlene Love, who plays Myrtle's wife in it. Now, she hasn't really done much acting apart from all Leaf of Web films, but of course she's famous because she is the lead singer from the Phil Spector band, The Blossoms. Mm. But she's even more infamous. She was brought in to lead vocals on uh, what's the, the big the big song, um, He's a Rebel by The Crystals. So basically, Phil Spector was being, was being a bit of an arsehole to The Crystals because he wanted a new contract. So we, he brought her in and recorded her vocals and then released the song in their name just to say <laughs> I'm I'm the boss round it. Right. So she got a number one record but was never credited for it. Oh, which really? I mean, yeah. yeah. The Phil Spector documentary that's I think you can watch it on Sky, that's really interesting. Oh, he's he's, he's batshit crazy. Yeah, it's, he it's, is it's, like it's watchable on yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, the only other one I've got in here is um Tracy Wolf, who played the daughter, Rianne. She seemed to do the, the, the lethal weapon films, and then there's nothing. Until literally a couple of years ago, and she's re-emerged. She's done a couple of she's done Blue Bloods and um, one of the other big crime like, like an NCIS yeah. type. Not- but she's in a film called She Said, which is very recently. It's all around um, a couple of women involved in like like I think it's at a newspaper or a magazine. It's very recent. Apparently, it's really highly rated. Right. So it's definitely on my list to dig up. But I just found it really strange because looking at Bill Rogley, apart from the Leaf of Weapon films. It's like nothing for twenty, like since just until until two thousand nineteen or something, and she suddenly reemerged and she's done a few bits since then. It'd be really interesting to find mm. out why. And obviously, we'll come back to the director Richard Donner, who's already been featured as director of Superman, and obviously he's also done the Goonies and the Omen, and also if you remember the Omen starred Frida Dowie who was Nikki's mum and our friends in the north. Yes, yeah, you mentioned that. Which was that. a bit of a random yeah, one. Yeah, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have even pulled that one out. Did you did you notice as well or did you read sorry that Leonard Nemoy was offered the chance as it's well? It's a direct, yeah. Yeah. But did, didn't he go and do a Three Men and a Baby and stuff? Depending on what you I read two different things. One was that he'd just done Three Men and a Baby and was tied into another movie and one was that he was in the middle of Three Men and a Baby, but Leonard Nemoy would have been a 
strange choice for this. It I don't want you to be as R-rated and yeah, as yeah. probably as violent as as it is. Definitely, yeah. So we've been through kind of who's in it, and there's some obviously great actors. There's two obviously main characters as well. Yeah. So what's your favourite performance? Your favourite character? What have you gone with? Do you know what? I'm going to cheat on this one. I don't think you can split Riggs and Murtar. Are you doing them as a pair? Yeah. I, I, I just, <laughs> you big cheat. <laughs> I, I know. And do you know what? We've done do this. Boo. <laughs> boo. <laughs> I just can't. I've, I've literally... It's tough. I can't split them because I think they just... They both make it. it. Lethal Weapon is purely just them two. You can't have one without the no, other, can you? No, so... I am I'm 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 pulling that card on that one and I probably probably not allowed to use that card again. Okay. But well I, I'm not gonna pull the card. I'll tell you who's my favourite. And this is probably gonna come back to the age thing. Mine is Roger. Roger Mertel, like because I think you tend to sway towards characters that you most like and obviously being married, having kids, just feeling old <laughs> I think. Obviously, you know, he's obviously he's a, he's a brilliant policeman. Um, I do think, though, and this is probably where you're going to disagree, I do think you could still do the movie with just one of them. Ooh. I do think you could still just have... Well, they've the, got... I mean, I think I'm saying it... What I mean by that, sorry, is as a pair, it absolutely works and the film's brilliant. But I think there's still a film to be made if it was just Riggs chasing down the bad guys and if it was just the Murtaugh, because they're so, even though they're so different, I think you could, you could still have made, if, say Mel Gibson dropped out yeah, and he went, we're still going to make this movie, but it's just about Danny Glover, his family and that. I still think you can do it, well, but number, it, the magic comes when they're together. Oh, without doubt. Number five is, is in production, isn't it? Which well, I was... Richard Donner's passed away, so I don't know. So with Panny still in that, that yeah. um, I think Mel's going to direct, isn't he? Yeah. That's the rumour. Yeah. Uh, so don't know where they go with because... He's 77 now, is he? Yeah. Um, so Danny he's... Glover. I don't know what... I just think I relate more now. I think if you'd have asked me 20 years ago, I'd have said Riggs because Riggs... This is, is the... exactly the dilemma I had when I was trying to split because there's no point really picking another character and leave a weapon because it's... Yeah. You know, I can tell you who I want to be and I can tell you who I am. Yes. <laughs> I, 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 I think over the last few years I've became Mertar but I wish it was still Riggs. If you because know. the thing is, if they make five, Riggs is going to be the Mertar because they had, they had the baby, didn't we, Renny Russo in yeah. four, isn't it, at the, the end. So you're going to come back to it where they're both have an age where probably Mertar's going to be a granddad. Well, they'll both be retired. They must be both. That's got to be the story. They get pulled back into a case that, you know, a lost case or something. Yeah, it's going to be something. Because they're both going to be 60s and 70s. Do you know what I mean? I don't know how it works. The way they'll do it is probably a little bit like with Die Hard 3 where it was Hans Gruber's brother, wasn't it? It's going to be like Mr. Joshua's Son, grandson, or so on. It's going to be. But a speaking link. of the age thing, it's all like we spoke about it. He was like Roger Mertel was meant to be fifty. Yeah. In, in like, but but Danny Glover was only forty. You know what I mean? And there's that one comment when he's in the in the office early on because it's his birthday, and one of his mate, one of his work colleagues, oh, you look younger for your age. Have you got oh, two shapes to be? Yeah, and you know they put that in yeah. there on purpose because they're just having a little joke as well. But, but essentially, what you're saying is we are older than yes. Danny Glover was when he made that movie. Yeah. 
I know. <laughs> Should we move on? Yeah, yeah. Have you got a favourite scene or moment within the, the whole film? A couple of honourables. I think you've got to mention the, the rooftop scene because that's where you really get to know that Riggs is literally batshit crazy. That's as well, he is, he is crazy. And it's a great scene. And I just love... Because the surprise when he just jumps is still still slightly shocking. And, do you know what I mean? I know there's the, the, the big air the big airbag at the bottom, but yeah. you didn't know that while you're watching it. So it's just... It, it still is great. I just think the whole way the character dealt with that situation was boss. It was super cool. And it was just like, yeah, it was cool. The other one is the fight at the end. Which I'd completely forgotten about until I watched it again the other night. You forgot the fight? Yeah, and it's like, it's bonkers. It goes on for ages, doesn't Oh, it? my God, and it's like... And I was reading a little bit like Richard Donner. He, he brought in about three or four different, like, discipline experts. Like, there was Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, someone else, and they all had an input into, like... Because it just kept going and going and going, and it's just like... Because wasn't it going to be longer? It was going to be, yeah. like, up to, like, four minutes or something, because I think... Have you ever seen They Live? No. Um, no, Wildy Roddy Piper. Oh, I know of it, yeah, but that, I've never, yeah. There's a fight scene in that that just goes on and on and he is it a bit, each other. Is it a bit like, the, like the, the, um, the family guy joke with Peter, Peter and the chicken yeah. at that fight that <laughs> just bit, goes yeah. on forever and ever and ever. Yeah, it's amazing, that fight scene. But my favourite scene, and it's so subtle, you can blink and you miss it, is the night where Minotaur invited back for dinner mm. And they, they have the little chat on the boat and he goes home. And then it the cuts to, I think, Mertar starts watching the video. And, they, and then it cuts to where Riggs comes and wakes him up in a coffee. Now in the morning, if you notice Riggs, he's all, he's washed. He's cleanly presented. His hair is all brushed. And to me, it just signified that that Mertar reaching out to him. Right, so no, I never, got, never got on to Go that. Go back, because it's so obvious, because he, when you see him, and he's wearing clean clothes, he's got the jacket on, his hair's all brushed, and it's just like, I I, I think it's 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 subtle, but it's definitely there, and I think I just think it was a really good way of just saying he responded, because obviously the, the backstory is his, his wife died, and he's going through, you yeah. know, you know, a bit cliche, you know, heavily drinking, smoking, wants to, like, commit suicide and all that. Is he crazy? Is he not yeah. crazy? But I think that, that connection he had the night before cemented the friendship, and if you see, he turns yeah. up next day, he's got jeans on and his shirt's all tied. I've got to go back and, and watch now. Yeah, yeah, it's really... Because in one, we, all we know is she died in the car crash. Yeah. It's not until two yeah. we find out a bit more... I've I've gone with two. I just wrote down two, but one was the rooftop jump. But the only reason I picked the rooftop rooftop jump, <laughs> jump, jump can't jump. say that. Fast. <laughs> Not so much because it's a great scene, because it is. But also that was always the main part of the trailer and the clips on TV, and that's what I always remember as yeah. to why I wanted to see the film, even though we were only like young. But I just remember that clip of you know. You want to jump? Let's jump. Yeah. And obviously in the trailer, you just see him jump. You don't see yeah. anymore. Yeah. That was always like the oh, everyone wants to see this film. The the other one I picked was just a dead quick one, which is where Mertar first sees Riggs in the the police station. He's watching him. Yeah. And Riggs pulls the gun out, and Mertar charges him, and he's shouting, "Gun, gun!" And Mertar, and Riggs is just looking around, going like, <laughs> "Where?" <laughs> and, he yeah, just, where? Yeah. and he ends up flipping Mertar. I mean, that's the that's the first that's time. The first, love yeah. that. I love that scene. Music then. Okay, and again, until I watched again the other night, 
Eric Clapton does all the the, the original soundtrack music to it, with all, all the little 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 musical bits on because it's all like that eighties bluesy. So is he on the first one? Is he? Yeah. Yeah. So Eric Clapton's nice. all the music to it, and I love it. That song at the end because you text me I about think it's this. Awful. Well, this is why. It should be awful. So it's been, what we're talking about, it's a song called Lethal Weapon by <laughs> by a real, a band I've never heard of called Honeymoon Suites, but I've done a little bit of digging on Spotify yeah. and they are your absolute cliche American rock band. And the song is so bad. It's good and it's perfect. It's got, it just sits, I don't know if it was written specifically for it. It has to be. I think they'd gone to that band and said, we're making a film called Lethal Weapon. Get Lethal Weapon in the lyrics. Oh, it's it's shockingly bad. I don't, oh my god, it, I loved it. It wasn't being released as a single though, because I don't remember it. Unless it was and it just flopped because I do think it, it's all it just it fits made, with the film, but I've never me- do you remember it like at all? No, no, I'm no, because you said make sure you watch the credits because yeah. you watched it the night before me. And I was thinking, is there a post-credits scene? I don't remember. <laughs> and then as soon as that song came on, I'm thinking, is that what he means? But it made me giggle the song. Isn't it something like you tear me into a lethal weapon? Yes, it's so oh it's awful. awful. <laughs> but it's the eighties. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, it's just, it was all awful. Did you get into some of the, the, the little kind of music cues with, straight from Die Hard as well? No. Well, I mean, sorry, I used in, in Die Hard. There's little, there's little pieces of sound and stuff, like little jingle bits that you go, when when you rewatch Die Hard again, you'll go, ah, oh, that's in. Okay. Definitely, there's definitely little cues it, from it. We mentioned before, Joel Silver produced this and produced Die Hard. They were yeah. pretty much right after each other as well, weren't mm. they? And, the fact that they would sort of set around. I think they all cast were sort of up for each other movies as well when you were getting cast. Yeah, because um, were you going to mention this, that Bruce, that the people, Bruce Willis was nearly in Die Hard? And... Yeah, well, yeah, I was well mentioning it now, but yeah, they were all sort of, they were trying to work out who was it, but I think as soon as they got Glover and Mel Gibson together, I think that was pretty locked on. But yeah, apparently um, they were both considered for roles in Die Hard. In an alternative universe, yes. Mel Gibson is John McClane yes. and Bruce is, is Biggs. Weird, but it? I also, incidentally, as I was reading that, Harrison Ford was also up for what's his name in Die Hard, which I was like, well, so was Clint Eastwood, and um, I know we're going off the topic here because they're Die Hard, but Frank Sinatra, that, that boom, yeah, like, mad though, isn't it? And no, we're gonna have to do Die Hard one day, I think. Definitely, definitely. We love this film, but what could you have done to make it better? All right, then I've got a. Couple, what would you change? Sorry. What would I change? Got a couple of points on this. Is the character. Gary Busey's character, the the Joshua and the general played by uh, Mitchell Ryan, felt like he didn't really need both of them. They both had quite a similar backstory. They were, do, do you know what I mean? I think no, they I were agree. both good actors. They were both half interesting characters. I thought you could have just made it one of them, just having one as a really developed bad guy better. It could have been either one of them as well. Do, yeah. do you know what I mean? I, Go on, sorry. I'm slightly lean towards Gary Boosie because he is just like a bit crazy. But it it just seemed like they were interchangeable. So I thought, why couldn't you just have developed the one mm. character to be the main baddie? No, I agree with that. And I always, what I don't like in films is where the bad guy has a bad guy boss. Yeah. And it's like, 
no, we want Mr. Joshua should have been the one that we're scared of. Yeah. Should have been the main bad guy. That's a really good shout because, like, I hate it when they get to the end of a movie or something, they'll go something like, well, wait until you meet my boss. And it's like, but I thought you were the scary one. Yeah. Like, so now, yeah. now we've got to do that. The, the only things I would have done slightly different is I'd have loved more of that conversation between Riggs and Mr. Joshua because Gary Busey's so good in it. No one are walking in the desert after he's captured them. Yeah. Because I just think... They were talking about like the military experience, and I think maybe that would have led more to Riggs wanting to that that fight. It would have added even more yeah. to that fight because yeah. you only really get the we know we know obviously Mr. Joshua shoots him, and there's a few bits, but I just think that conversation could have yeah. been dragged out. I mean, minor issue, and it's not just lethal weapon. This it's the you know, the additional dialogue recording, which is called ADR. Yeah, I think in this. It, it can sound too clear. Like, it's so obvious that, that some of the lines are recorded in the studio. Does that make sense? Yeah, because it's just easier and cheaper to make sometimes. Yeah, because obviously it? if you're filming on the side of a highway, which they yeah. are in one of the scenes, you've got all that noise from, you know, the camera crew and everything. So I understand why they did it. But I think in more modern day films, the the, the background noise and the music's mixed in a lot better. Yeah, definitely. Whereas there's times where they're talking and it's, and it's like... It's so obvious that that is I'm, not, I'm sure not that's, them doing it. Isn't that what a Foley artist does? I'm sure the Foley artist is the person that sort of because that mixes it the soundscape of of you know when when you go and do when you record the voices afterwards it still has mm. a natural background. I'm sure it's just, it, it takes me out of some scenes. Yes, yeah, I know it's like that when it's too clear. And I, obviously, I. It, it, that was for the time wasn't it that was how yeah. they did it and I do think it's a lot better now but that's my one thing if you could go back and just mix the mix the, the audio and sound a little bit more one other little thing I had down is it stood out more rewatching it but the Rian Murtagh character I think if it was remade now she would have just been a little bit more sassy and a bit less docile. You know, when she was... If you yeah. watch it now, she'd be like... She'd almost be in a situation if it was remade now. Though she'd probably save her dad. But in, in of them, she was just useless. Do you know what I mean? And she just gets out of the car and starts screaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought... I suppose, really, that's probably what a normal teenager exactly, would have done in that situation. But I know what you mean. It's an, like, I just think, watching now, she wouldn't be like that. I think the character could have been... A little bit more. I think it was definitely... More like a dad, just a bit more yeah, braver, do you yeah, mean? Yeah, I, I definitely think. I think it was... Yeah, so I would choose, I'd change that bit as well. So the movie then, silly question, but did it make an impact? What impression did it have when it came out? And, oh, and it, since? It was a blockbuster. It was an absolute <laughs> franchise blockbuster. A blockbuster so, for that time. Oh, definitely. So 120 million worldwide, which I think back in the day that... We've always said anything over 100 million is like, boom, That's that's... You are in the movie. Whereas now it costs 100 million to make a movie. God, it makes at least 100 million just to promote a movie mm, these true. days. Um, impact as well, you can't get away from the fact that this catapulted Mel Gibson into he was now a bona fide movie star after this. You know, he'd done some great stuff before, but he was a Hollywood star after this. So, impact wise, goes hand in hand. But the bit I really want to talk about is. Just how the buddy cop genre sort of just evolved a little bit, I think, as well. I think the 80s, 
it's a defining genre of the eighties in it. Buddy cop movies, like but buddy movies had been around since the beginning of the movies. But I think the eighties they really came into their own because it's all mixed in with these themes of masculinity and heroism. And I think today, if we look at it in today's eyes, possibly a little bit toxic. But it's almost like, you know, when you watch the old movies on Disney Channel and it goes, you outdated cultural references. Yeah. You watch 80s movies now and it's almost, you should have that disclaimer because they make jokes <laughs> about his wife's cooking and stuff like that. And, and Darlene Lover's wife, she is a really terrible character in it. Yeah, and she, I don't think you get like the topless scene at the opening of the movie now really because no, it's just no. it's gratuitous and, and the nudity, daughter when you bring her out when she's been kidnapped and all of a sudden she's in a like little nighty type thing yeah, yeah and it was just it was just a bit weird and there's a fear of that but that's not to take away that you know they're still culturally relevant even though they're now irrelevant if that makes sense because it's how we got to where we are now because I was reading about uh, the how the buddy cop movie then changed on the back of this once you got to the 90s and noughties the lead because they're generally always men in a lot of the buddy cop movies they then became just a little bit more sensitive and a little bit more open to the emotions and it was just it was just a really good article I read like the mm. evolution of the buddy cop movie but I just love a buddy cop movie it's just like they're just really 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 do for me and also touches in a little bit. Remember when we did the box set special? All the films I tend to pick tend to be around groups of friends and blah, blah, yeah. blah. It's almost sort of... It links in with that, yeah, that relationship, yeah. yeah. And also, I think what's quite striking about it is all that was done before, the, the biracial pairings, I think, is quite something we should sort of talk about as well because we had it with the Eddie Murphy movies early in the decade, but with this one, it's slightly flipped because... Mertar, the 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 Mertars are incredibly middle class, and it was a completely different perspective of an African American family. It's a really quite interesting take because they were, you know, back in the eighties, on really terrible, uh, cliche like cop TV shows. If there was a guest detective coming in and he was black, he was always going to end up dead. It was, it was, yeah. a, do you know what I mean? It was still like there's a there's a famous um, American sketch show. And it's the setting up is like this cops meeting his new partner for the day and he's black and everyone walks in and he's black and you both look at each other and go, oh shit, because it's like, which one's going to die? <laughs> right. so like, I don't think that should be overlooked as well. And I was reading about when Shane Black wrote it, he didn't have a race in mind. It was just naturally cast. Yeah. And I love that. I think it's just natural, the, the thing. But it's something is just worth pointing out. Okay, so... It's that time then, the new feature. <coughs> Kenny, Kenny, get in here. Right, we need you to dim the lights. Uh, stop, okay. Or at least close the blinds. <laughs> <laughs> right, that'll do. So, Liam, this is your quick fire round. Okay, we've only got a couple of seconds to answer each question. 70s, 80s, or 90s, 2000 action movies? 90s, 2000. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy Cop movie or lower hero movie? Buddy Cop. Name your favourite bad guy. Alan Rickman's Sheriff Nottingham in Prince of Thieves. Recast this with two British actors. Oh. Okay. Erm. Um, 
Mark Freeman just popped straight into my brain. As as Maytar. As Maytar. The family man. Yeah. Um, Oh, Riggs would be would be difficult. I'm gonna go because we've already mentioned Idris Elba would be quite interesting because I know he's done like Luther is quite reserved. I'd like to see him as a bit of a nutter. Are you too old for this shit? No. <laughs> is it true that they fuck you at the drive-thru? No. It's from Leaf 11 2 with Joe Pesci. I can't remember. <laughs> oh, I just killed the quick fire round off. <laughs> I can't. Do you know what? I literally. And I think this happens when it's been such a while, is I'm really. When I watched Lethal Weapon the other night, is I found it hard to remember what was Lethal Weapon 1 and 2 and 3. 4, I don't really remember at all. 4 was great with Jet Li. It's definitely I thought we, you and me went to see 4 in the pictures. Yeah, absolutely. We, we definitely went to yeah. see that. But it's, it's, that, it's that franchise, and I think now I need to go back and watch 2, 3, 4 now as well. Get ready for 5. Yeah. Okay, so how can the listener watch Lethal Weapon? I had to rent it. You can rent or buy from the usual, so you can do like Prime, Google, Apple, but it's not available on, on Netflix or Prime. If you well. want to watch it on DVD, you can lend it for me. Watching DVD. Tweeters, we'll lend you it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I went to school with someone who had this on VHS from Cyprus. If you remember, do you remember? Like a dodgy... Pirated copy, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was probably just recorded from a proper video, wasn't it? And it was camcorder in a cinema job. Oh, was it? I don't know. But do you remember? Yeah. I remember actually, we mentioned it before, I remember actually seeing the first Ninja Turtles movie that was massive in the late Mm. 80s. I actually saw a copy of that and it was literally camcorder in the cinema. There's two I in particular remember. I remember Phantom Menace being available before... We got because it was out in America, the, yeah, the, way before. With um, it came out at the same time as The Matrix. Never seen it, Jesus Christ! But there was a, obviously a dodgy copy of it. I was like, I am not watching that, I'm going to the cinema. And the other one, do you remember the story about the copy of ET? Yes, on yes, it was a VHS copy of ET, but it cuts off after he dies, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 dies. it's an absolute myth in Liverpool yeah. now, that story. I don't know if it's true or not. I, I, I just think is. it's such a good story that it's just kept been kept well, alive. The reason I think it's true is because if people are using camcorders in the cinema, the battery life and the tapes were only... Possibly, yeah. The tapes are only about 90 minutes. So I think that is... I don't remember watching it, but I think, it, I think it's absolutely a true story. I hope it is. It's one of them, it's one of them nice stories. It's like I want it to be yeah. true, yeah. If you like Lethal Weapon, then what else would you like? I'll go first. I've picked two categories. I've gone movies where a main character was meant to die. Oh, yeah. And the okay. reason I picked that is because in Lethal Weapon 2, Riggs was meant to, meant to be killed. Um, obviously, they decided not to, and we got, thankfully, we got and Lethal Weapon 3 and 4. Because that's the point Shane Black walked off. He, he, he sort of was less involved because he wrote right. the first one. He developed the second one, but he disagreed with, with the studio, and that's he went now nah, out because he he wants them. He didn't want to make any more. Right. But even though he's come back to write number five, <laughs> <laughs> first blood. Oh, Stallone was meant to die at the end of that. They were meant to they were meant to kill him when he's in that the, the station, but obviously went against it. Breaking Bad. 
Jesse was meant to die. Of course he was, yeah. Yeah, Jesse yeah. was meant to be killed. I think he was in a car crash or something, but he was meant to die in the first season. Obviously, yeah, we realised yeah. we've got magic here. Yeah. Kept him alive. Um, I don't think you've watched Barry yet, have you? With Bill no. Hader. So, no. Uh, no Ho Hank was meant to die in the first episode. Uh, he's played by Anthony Carrigan. And he's probably one of the best TV characters ever. If they'd, if they'd have done that, they'd have regretted it so much. Dr. Ian Malcolm dies in the novel Jurassic Park but obviously not in the in the movie because then he goes on to be like the lead in the yeah. second one and the one I've got is Agent Coulson in Avengers that was meant to be permanent when he dies but obviously he comes back for like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and stuff so they're all films where the main, one of the main characters was meant to meant to die and then I've just gone for movies based around Christmas but aren't particularly classed as Christmas movies except for Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I'm, I'm, so Die Hard's not on your list? Die Hard's on my list just to bring up because it's a Christmas movie. And it's Die Hard. I know Bruce has denied it. Don't care. It's a, it's a, See, it's a Christmas movie. I'd completely forgot that Lethal Weapon was based around Christmas as well. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a Shane Black thing, isn't it? Yeah. Because Kiss Kiss Pang Bang, set at Christmas. I Am I'm Free, which he directed as well. That's set at Christmas. Obviously not classed as a Christmas movie. Batman Returns. Is a Christmas, which I think a lot of people forget because of a big massive Christmas tree, and then the Joker, the Joker, penguin pops out of a Christmas yes. present and stuff. Yeah, trading places. Yes, perfect. All around Christmas. One of our previous podcast episodes, LA Confidential, because you get bloody Christmas oh, when the police yeah. beat up the the the, um, the prisoners, and then one that isn't again not really talked about as a Christmas movie, but filmed around Christmas, Gremlins. I need to watch. It's been a while since I watched Gremlins. Yeah, I don't, think I, don't think I really watched it. I don't think I really liked it as a kid. So that's to be. You just don't like anything scary, no, do you? No, I don't. No, it's I don't. not that scary. No, but that's, so that's my two categories. What have you gone with? Well, I went with first category was Shane Black just because he literally defied 80s, 90s action movies. And at one point, for quite a few times, he'd. Um, he was the highest paid actor for a couple of films he wrote in Hollywood. Um, and like I said, he was only 22 when he submitted this. And I think that's just, it, it's mm. just a phenomenal piece of writing. Um, and a little known fact, he's the first victim of the Predator in the original Predator movie. Which we may be talking about soon. Maybe. Possibly. Maybe. Um, but he also wrote um, Last Boy Scout, Last Action Hero, which doesn't... It's a great film. It just didn't land at the time, if you remember. Because no, it, Jurassic it, Park came out at the same time as well. And it was dubbed as being it was going to be a blockbuster, but you go back and it's a really good film because it really, Shane Black absolutely takes apart the genre of the of, of the genre that he helped create, if that makes sense. It's really, it's really clever. It just didn't land at the time, did it? Do you know what I mean? I, I don't think the audience were prepared for it because we weren't ready for that sort of piss take almost isn't it it's that meta isn't it that yeah. meta humour I don't think we were prepared or ready for it at the time not from what we were used to from Arnie as yeah, well and yeah I think it was so last action here it was always and obviously Long Kiss Goodbye he also wrote as well and then he sort of had a little break from from Hollywood. He seems, I think he just went into, I think he carried on writing but it was more I don't know if it was novels or something but he sort of got back in the game a few years later, but he wrote and direct 
Andy is a great film. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which you just mentioned. Iron Man 3, which you just mentioned. And The Nice Guys. Like, three absolute cracking films that he wrote and directed. So I'm like, I've, and Stan, Shane Black, he's, 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 a, he's a proper Hollywood superstar, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And In The Nice Guys is Russell Crowe, who is... Brett Goldstein's dad. <laughs> <laughs> In the MCU. This is a really tedious link to Superbad. Like, Superbob. Superbob, sorry. Um, Last week's episode. We were desperately trying to wedge in a link from Superbob. That was your, was your one. It was actually quite good. So basically, if you're not aware, in the last four film, which Russell Crowe plays Zeus, Zeus the post credit scene is Brett Goldstein playing... Hercules. Hercules. So that was that was the best <laughs> link we could get to a uh, Super Bob from last week. Um, the other category I got, and I was, I had to buddy cop movies, like just buddy yeah, cop movies. Had I had to go buddy cop, and I love buddy cop movies. Okay, the very there's you'll see why the eighties was the buddy cop movie decade. I'm just going to reel a few of these off. Forty eight hours, Beverly Hills Cop. They were both franchises. Turner and Hooch, K9. Excellent. <laughs> Stakeout. I only watched them recently, you know. Another Stakeout. Yeah. And slightly off buddy cop movies with the FX, with the two Brian's. Brian Dennehy. Yeah, great movies. And I just think they're brilliant. And then if you want to sort of go, go on a little bit, a couple, a couple of years later, next decade, I picked out Rush Hour and Bad Boys. Bad Boys is just... And that's what I was saying before, that evolution of the buddy cop movie, where by the time it was Bad Boys, the the two main characters were just a little bit more in touch with their their emotions and stuff, and it's still funny. You you don't get Rush Hour and Bad Boys without Lethal Weapon, do you? Oh, no, without doubt. And then if you want to bring it round the other way, a little bit more modern, The Heat, which we've mentioned before, Melissa McCarthy and Sandra Bullock, I think is a fantastic buddy comedy. It doesn't get the credit it deserves. Hot Fuzz. Oh, excellent choice. Yeah. And just because it's got one of the funniest moments in a film, Zootopia, <laughs> when the bit where they go into the driving licence office and the sloth come, the sloth moves dead slowly. And he tells them the joke. <laughs> oh my God, a crack off. So Zootopia. But again, it does play on all them cliches. So that's an, a kid's animated film. But if you go back and watch that, it actually hits all those cliches in a different way of Lethal Weapon. No, it's it's an excellent choice. All excellent choices. That then was our 80s theme week. Liam went with Lethal Weapon. And you should watch it if you can. This was a Watch It If You Can production, executive produced by Kenny, our Val's lad, on work experience. Don't forget to follow, rate and share from wherever you get your podcasts.